Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. New York Game Day with Mike Tannenbaum, Matthias Kiwanuka, and Anita Marks. Welcome back to New York Game Day here on 98.7 ESPN. This Big Blue Report is brought to you by Two by London, the engagement shop at London Jewelers. With that being said, let's bring in our Giants beat reporter, Jordan Renan. Jordan, how you doing? Kiwi, happy Thanksgiving. Hope you enjoyed. Happy Thanksgiving. You know I enjoyed it, man. I'm about 10 pounds plus right now. I, what I don't do, know. What you what's, what's, the number, what's the number one dish? What do you crush? Uh, I, I, I'm a turkey guy, so I like the my my dishes are the the dark meat turkey, uh, collard okay. greens, macaroni and cheese, and then a dressing or stuffing, however you however you want to call it. But those that's I mean, that's, that's where I spend all my time. Right What's that? Man. Those are the staples right there. You know, those are the headliners. Yeah, but I saw the you know, the Giants were doing that. Um, you know, what do you have, if you had to eliminate one of? Them, I think one of the options was like potatoes and turkey and macaroni and cheese yeah, and yeah. something else. And so many of the guys were eliminating the mac and cheese and the turkey. I was like, you I guys know. are taking potatoes over over mac and cheese? Come on now. No, I'm with you. I was surprised by that. You, you wouldn't expect the mac and cheese to be the one to go there. No, you no, know. No. But I don't know. I don't Depends know. Some on strange birds over there, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's, let's let's get into it. The, the question Anita asked me, um, I'll, I'll I'll pose this one to you. She's seriously asking, you know, are the Giants going to win another game this season? I thought it was it was kind of crazy, but what what are your thoughts? If you're looking at the schedule, um, what do we have? Commanders, Eagles, back to the Commanders, Vikings, mm-hmm. Colts, and then finish with the Eagles. I get the Eagles are a tough team, but you know, where do you see the wins coming here at the end of the season? No, they're going to win games. So win more. They've always traditionally done well against Washington. But you have to understand, and I get it, you know, the Giants, they, they were really beat up the other day. But there's a good chance that by their next game, or at least probably the week after, you're talking about getting back probably their starting tight end in Daniel Ballinger, uh, Zizo Jalari, who I know you love, right? <laughs> um, Fabian Moreau, good chance. Ben Bredesen, who's their starting left guard. I mean, there's just a bunch of players that are going to be coming back, and I think it's just panic a little bit. I mean, they hung. Look, they were winning in the first half in Dallas mm-hmm. at halftime. Remember, so mm-hmm. it's not like they're just like not not even a competitive team. Get a little healthier. I think we're going to see a better Giants team, and I, I you know, Washington is when Eagles is oh, that's going to be tough. But uh, if you tell me between the two Eagles in Minnesota, I would say I would bet on the Giants winning one of those three games and coming up and playing a really strong game. We've seen it already. They have a recipe that works. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I think that, it, you know, it's hard. Your margin for error is super slim. But that's what we saw the other day, right? Mm-hmm. Their margin for error the other day against Dallas was so slim, mm-hmm. in part because of who they had on the field, that they couldn't afford mistakes. They couldn't afford uh, a touchdown being called back for an illegal man downfield. They couldn't afford a uh, really costly pass interference. But I think these are the kind of things – and just the mistakes that they made, they, they couldn't afford to have them. And, uh, you know, I, I think they'll at least in one of those three really tough games play well and pull off an upset. So 
I think there's two or three more wins still on the schedule for them, and they're going to be in the playoffs. Okay. Breaking it down even farther, you know, specifically talking about the running game. In my opinion, you know, if you're, there's a difference between running the ball effectively and lining up with mm-hmm. everybody in the building knowing you're going to run the ball and still being productive. Um, what do you think needs to change, if anything, moving forward to get the running game back to where it was? I think, and I know this is kind of against that in a way, the last two weeks, the Giants know everybody's coming to the line and they're putting everybody at the line and they're going to say, hey, run the ball. You know, we're not going to let you run the ball. But I think there is still a benefit for the Giants to run the ball early because you saw that and you've seen a lot of their success come later on in the second half. So I think they, they, they really need to stick to that. And even if it's not successful early, uh, on the hope and the belief that it's going to pay dividends later. And I also think getting Ben Bredesen back at left guard will be a, a huge boost. He, he's been their best left guard when healthy this year. They've gone through a bunch of guys at this point now. But he, to me, he's been their best left guard. So I, I think that they need to keep, uh, keep going to it, even if it means being unsuccessful at times. I think ultimately you know as a defensive player, as a defensive lineman, mm-hmm. there is something to that. It can, it, it can wear you down later in games, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I mean – there is definitely something to that. Uh, so I think that's the key to them. I know people are talking about, you know, Saquon kind of used up. Did they use him too much? Uh, they're, they're kind of not far off their bye week. I don't, I don't really see that at this point. I just think that the holes just haven't been there. He hasn't, he hasn't had the same space to run, and that's in part because of the way teams are playing them and sort of the way these last two games have played out. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, he's a, he went from being a point of emphasis to being discussed as this is we're not going to lose this way. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like there's a difference between, OK, right. this team is going to run the ball. We need to be effective stopping the run. And hey, we are not going to lose this game. If we're if we're going to lose this game, it's going to be because Daniel Jones threw for 400 yards. It's right. not going to be on the ground. And that's what I was saying. Like everybody's there's, there's, coming in with that. Right. Everybody thinks that. I mean, that's mm-hmm. the philosophy the other teams are coming in with now. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, so now it becomes, like like you said, it becomes an issue. Like, what are you going to do? Are you going to line up and continue to do the same thing, which I think is what you're saying needs to be the approach with the expectation of you're going to, you know, beat them up and, and wear them down and over the course of the game, which I agree with you. You know, getting trapped on that field, you know, when the, when the offense has a long field and they continue to run it, run it, run it, it does become exhausting by the end of the game. It's easier to go three and outs every time. Um but they're gonna they're gonna have to they're gonna have to do something on the defensive side. Yeah, Kiwi, we talked about. Kiwi, trust me. Hold on for one second. I'm a big yep. pass to throw it around the yard guy, right? Like, okay. I'm a big believer in that. But I don't think that they have the like that. This is why I think for them this is the best approach. They don't have the guys that can win consistently one on one. So mm-hmm. I don't think they could just go then swing it around and like, that's not to me that's not an option for them. That's the only reason why I think they have to stick to that approach. I mean. I, I, I trust me. I, I think Brian Dable. We saw what he was in Buffalo. Wishes it was the other way around, but it's just not. Mm-hmm. So then, <laughs> all right. So by by that metric, then you need to pay Saquon Barkley because if you're obviously putting him in a disadvantageous position, meaning like you're you're forcing the ball 
because you can't right. throw the ball, then it's not always the running back's fault if the you know if the holes aren't there, if he's not getting the same yards as he was before. Because without a balanced offense, everybody is going to stack the box and they're going to understand that you're going right. to run the ball and you're running the ball in a situation where if you did have a number one or a legit number one, number two, and a tight end, then you, you would be throwing the ball. So how do they rectify that situation? So if it's not Daniel Jones and it's on the outside or you know we're getting a tight end back, like what else needs to happen in order um, for this offense to be more productive? What needs to happen for us to throw the ball down the field? Yeah, they need to get new receivers, but the problem is it's not going to happen this year primarily. Right? I mean, we could sit here and talk about Odell, but the reality is Odell still hasn't played. It's the practice, the snap yet. Like, what's realistic even for him this year? Like, the ultimate thing is that this team, and that's why they're in year one of the rebuilds, right? I mean, mm-hmm. Joe Shane and Brian Dable are, trust me, they're very realistic about where they are. Brian Dable's the guy who slung the ball around like crazy in Buffalo, and now he knows what he has here. And he's like, man, well, I guess I got no choice. Take one, take one, take one. This is what we got, right? <laughs> you, you know, you know. After seeing him in Buffalo, that's not what he ideally would love to do. But no. this is just where they are right now. I mean, this is a, it's a process. This is why they're, you know, everything the Giants do this year, and the fact that they're still seven and four, which you got to keep in perspective, is gravy. I mean, this, they already topped their win total. They have a good chance of making the playoffs. They, they, they are so limited on their offensive weapons aside from Saquon. Uh, and, and that's not even their only hole. I mean, we could sit here and go around. With them. You were, I know you want to get to the defense right now. We could Look at the defensive team they put on the field the other day, Kiwi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, um, you know, we could, we could stay on the defensive side of the ball. Like, where, where do you go? So I see, as you said, Aziz uh, uh, Ojolari is coming back. Right. I think at this point, in my opinion, it, it, it's going to take a lot to to get him you know, up to speed and to to right, to right. put a cohesive unit out there. Right. So I would have loved to have had him. He's probably like know, a situational pass rusher. Right? Exactly. To come back exactly. At least. I think I think yep. that's what you're looking for for him down the stretch. But this, to put him out there. Yeah. Full time. Mm-hmm. That's probably unrealistic. Ask at the, at this late in the season, considering the season he's had. Does he give him an opportunity to get pressure without, you know, relying on a blitz? That's just not Wink Martindale's deal, and I know it came back to bite them. The first half, the blitz was overly successful, and but they had you could see it. Like Dallas had some opportunities in the first half. I, if you're really watching really closely, and Dak was just a little off. They missed he missed on a couple deep throws, maybe over over overthrew a couple guys, and you knew like look, Dak's the guy who's really good against the blitz. If they keep doing it, eventually it's going to come back to bite him, and it did. So, um, but who do they play down the stretch, right? Uh, Jalen Hurts, I don't think he's a you know, great passer against the Blitz. And, I mean, Kirk Cousins, I mean, it, it's nothing, uh, you know, Matt Ryan, nothing where I think you're going to be super scared and it's going to scare Wink Martindale off of Blitz, in my opinion. I don't know if anything scares him off from Blitzing. <laughs> no, I mean, some people are going to do what they're going to do, and, and you can be very successful at it for a long time. Um, you know, something you said, you know, they have a good chance of making the playoffs. How good of or would you say their chances are right now? Like, why don't you break that down for us? Or what are your expectations um, if the playoffs are starting right now? Well, I mean, you can you can go over with a needle later. I, the reality is, if there's going to be probably a team in the NFC get in with nine wins, like there, it's at least it's a it's a strong possibility. Now, mm-hmm. obviously, you get to ten, you feel a lot better, and I think that's the magic number for the Giants, but. Uh, really, just get that one split, at least split against Washington, and I think they're in good shape. Because uh, the only other team 
and I'm conceding that Seattle's in as a wild card, right? I'm giving San Francisco that division. Nobody in the NFC South, unless you think the Atlanta Falcons are about to go on a huge run, is getting near 10 wins, right, aside from uh, the Bucks winning the division maybe. And then, you know, we're, I'm conceding Dallas is the first wild card team. And then in the North, like, who's getting to 10 wins? Not Detroit after they lost the other day. Not the Packers. They're terrible this year. You know, not the uh, – uh, who's the other team in the division? Not the Bears. So it's really the Giants and Washington for that last spot. So to me, as long as they split, the two of the next three weeks they play Washington, as long as they split those two games, I think they're in really good shape. And I, and I do, and I think they could do it. We're, we, let's remember for a second. Washington's like this scrappy team. They're not this dominant team where the Giants mm-hmm. go into that game having no chance, right? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I don't think that's realistic at all. They Nobody, can nobody's delusional. Washington. Nobody's delusional, yeah. but but it still is Washington, and it's in the division, and nothing would make them happier than the knocking a divisional opponent out of playoff contention. Yeah. I've been there. I've seen it. You get the absolute best out of them when they have nothing to lose, you know? Yeah, 2016, uh, the Giants played Washington in the finale. It meant nothing to the Giants, and Washington meant everything to them, and actually knocked them out of the playoffs that year. And look, Taylor Heineke is a quarterback, and I like Taylor Heineke. He's scrappy, but he's also a guy who makes mistakes. So, like, if Taylor Heineke lays a dud in one of the games, I wouldn't be surprised, even the mm-hmm. slightest. I mean, that's the kind of guy that Wink Martindale I could see having a ton of success again. So, I'm still optimistic about the Giants making the playoffs. I'm going to put it at, like, still 70%. They're still at 7-4. and four. No matter what happens today, they're still in the lead for a wild card berth. So, uh, you, that's what I think you need to look at right now, and root for root for Atlanta while you're at it today, and then Washington lose it today. It, it's almost impossible for them to get to ten wins, considering you look at their schedule too. I think they got at San Francisco, then they play a Cleveland team, then all of a sudden has Deshaun Watson, uh, and I, I finished with a tough game, maybe the Eagles or something, uh, no, some, something like that, not the Eagles, but they they finished with a tough game. I forget who it is, but uh, so it's not an easy climb for Washington either. So. I'm, I'm optimistic about the Giants' playoff hopes. I really am. I like it. I like it. We're up against the clock here. Before I let you go, um, any news on any contract extensions, or are we waiting until the end of the season on both of these? Yeah, those. I mean, Joe Shane said we're going to put those on the side. The only contract that may happen is Odell. He's going to come visit this week, hey. and uh, he's on the table. I don't think so you're saying the there's a chance. As far as I'm aware. <laughs> yeah, as far, as far as I'm aware, it's still the Cowboys' favorites in that one, but uh, – you know, they're in the race, so you have to be in the race to try and win it. So let's kind of see how this plays out. All right. Well, I appreciate it, Jordan. It's always it's great talking to you. Enjoy enjoy the leftovers. Absolutely. A Sunday off is a beautiful thing when you, uh, you know, either when you play or you cover the team. Like the weekend off is like it's mm-hmm. in the middle of the season. Is like the most, you, don't, you, don't know what to do. you don't know what to do with yourself, right? You're like, oh, this is no, what I know. On a I know Sunday? what to do with myself. I'll be fine. I promise. I know. <laughs> <laughs> all right thanks jordan enjoy it you deserve it that's the big blue report brought to you by two by london the engagement shop at london jewelers pick or design the perfect engagement ring to fit every budget at any other any of their six area locations 
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. New York Game Day with Mike Tannenbaum, Matthias Kiwanuka, and Anita Marks. Anita's three locks of the week. All right. Rough sledding the last two weeks, by the way. So went one and three uh, in week nine, went 0 and three in week 10. So, but here's the thing, Kiwi. We're still at 23 and 10 on the season. Do you feel like you let your defense down? Yes. I absolutely (laughs) let my defense down. It's all on me. In fact, I think Robert Sala should start Mike White uh, next week against the Chicago Bears. Because uh, it's all on me, man. It's all on me. So, um, but we are twenty three and ten on the season. Okay. Solid. So, listen. You you went to an Ivy League school. You do the math. What's what percentage? I I went to University of Sun and Flint in, in in South Florida. You do the math. What percentage is that? If we're if we're twenty three and ten? No, I got hit in the head a lot. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we're getting back on on the winning track this week, and let's start first and foremost with the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, I'm going to lay the four. Okay, I don't necessarily like the four. I don't like the four, the four and a half, the five, the five and a half. I can't stand that number, but I'm going to lay it with with the Seahawks. Why? They're coming off of a bye. Uh, this is a this is a Raiders team, and, and I'd love for you to 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 you know chime in on this. This is their fourth road game in five weeks, and their second straight back to back on the road. And oh, by the way, their last game a very physical overtime game against the Denver Broncos. That's hard on a team, don't you think? Yeah, it is. Those, those are those are those are things you look at the schedule and you you, you recognize. Hey, this is going to be a tough stretch, and I think um, coaching staff should have been preparing them for this going into that stretch because you're outside of your routine, and yeah, it's it's difficult to play on the road that many times in a row. Exactly. So, um, also, Geno Smith going up against the worst pass defense in the NFL. Teams are scoring 70% of the time that they reach the red zone against the Raiders. 
The Raiders have not beaten a team this season outside the bottom three in scoring. And of course, we know the Seattle Seahawks. That's what they've been doing this season is scoring. Josh Jacobs is questionable. Late, he got on the, uh, the injury report. Late in the week. You know that's not good either because he obviously injured himself at practice. Um, so anyway, it's all the reasons why I like Seattle minus four today against the Raiders. What say you? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I just, I just don't, I just don't believe in in the Raiders right now. I mean, the, the way that their season has been going, I know a lot's been said, um, and and the way the Seahawks started the season, at least, I think at this point, you kind of are what you are. So I'll go with this one: Seahawks over the Raiders. Tennessee Titans plus one against Cincinnati, another home dog. I don't get it. Odds makers not seeing how this Tennessee Titans defense is playing for Vrabel. Uh, a few things. Joe Mixon is out and Jamar Chase is out for Cincinnati. Okay. Tennessee rush defense, second best in the NFL. Um, Vrabel has these dudes playing. Simmons is going to get to Burrow. Ninth best sack rate in the NFL for the Tennessee Titans. Burrow's been sacked six, 32 times this season. 32 times. The last time these two teams faced each other, Burrow got sacked nine times. Derrick Henry, it's going to be a big day for him. The Bengals' rush defense ranks 19th in the NFL. Tennessee at home, getting a point. I'm all about it. That's my pick number two. What say you? Yeah, I'll go with it. You sold it. Why? Why are they discounting the Bengals so much? Like, like play devil's advocate here. Why? Why wouldn't? Let me see. Tennessee. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with you on this one. Tennessee plus one. Um, I, I, again, I don't under. I don't understand. I don't understand why uh, Tennessee isn't favored here. Um, I. I just. I don't. Especially with no Joe Mixon and and no Jamar Chase. Those are the two, you know, uh, offensive players for, for Cincinnati. Last but not least, my third lock of the week is the Chargers minus two and a half. I'm going to buy them down. So what does that mean? You're laying $129 down to win $100 for the Chargers minus two and a half. The Chargers 5-0 and against the spread on the road. They play well on the road. Uh, their offense is going to light up the Cardinals' defense. They're giving up the, the 31st most points. Um... <laughs> Uh, against opposing offenses. Teams are averaging 360 yards against them. Now, also, here's, here's another one for you. You know I, I love to talk about the officiating crew, right? Mm-hmm. The officiating crew in this one is Ron Torbert. Arizona has the second most penalties in the NFL. They have the third most false start penalties, and 65% of them are at home, which you would think is kind of odd, right? They're at home. You, your crowd is supposed to be with you, not against you. Mm-hmm. Torbert's crew... 65% of the penalties that they call are false start penalties. Yeah. Home yeah. dogs have the worst record against the spread with Torbert. 11-27 against the spread since 2016. That's only 29%. Give me the Chargers minus 2.5. That's my third play. That can't be ignored. Is this, is this not a multiplayer weekend drop? Is that why you're also picking them? What do you mean? For, uh, <laughs> for um, Murray. So Murray's going to play, but he's he's got a bum he's got a bum uh, hamstring. So he's expected he's expected to play, but I do believe he's going to be limited. Okay. Mm. You're not liking what you're not liking this one, are you? No, no, I'm not. I'm not 100 liking this one. Okay, why? 
I, I, I don't believe that the, the I, I understand what you're saying. You can't, it can't, you can't overlook that if the referees call that call and they're at home and they have a tendency to make that, um, that mistake. But I, I have a little bit more faith in the, in the, in the Cardinals than you do. Okay. All right. That's fine. All right. Maybe a bottle of wine coming my way. Um, by the way, in, so those are my three locks of the week this week, Seattle, uh, minus four against the Raiders, Tennessee plus one against Cincinnati, and the Chargers minus two and a half on a buy the hook down at minus 129. Uh, the Chargers minus two and a half against the Cardinals. Those are my three locks. Some other plays that I like today. Here's a little extra, extra, a little extra, extra from Anita today. Um, I love the under in the Steelers, Colts, Denver, Carolina game. So I'm going to play a two team, six point teaser under. So I'm going to go under 45 points for the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Colts and under 42 and a half points for Denver and Carolina. So I'm going to tease them both up to six and take the under. Got that? Does that make sense? I hope I'm, I'm making sense with people. And last but not least, I love the Bucks today. Minus three against Cleveland. You've got Tampa Bay coming off of a bye, ready to make a good run. Their defense, 11th against the run, so that's going to counter, of course, um, Chubb and Hunt in that backfield. The Bucks are first in sack rate, first in interception rate. Cleveland has the six most turnovers in the NFL, the Bucks second fewest in the NFL. And here's another one. Deshaun Watson expected to come back next week, and apparently reports are that he's been running more first-team reps than Jacoby Brissett getting ready for this game. Cleveland's defense, 27th in regard to points allowed per game, and teams are scoring on almost 50% of their offensive uh, possessions. So yeah. I, I do like the Bucks today as well. Your thoughts? Bucks over the Browns. That's the safest pick I've, I've, I've heard you make all day. Oh, really? So that's your favorite. That's your favorite. Maybe that's I should change favorite. that. Maybe I should change that to being one of my locks of the week. <laughs> do it. Maybe. Just Maybe. Who knows? So, um, so again, and, and by the way, some prop bets I like in that. Uh, Rashad White is expected to uh, Rashad White is expected to take over the reins. Uh, and this was even before Leonard Fournette has been dealing with uh, a, a, a hip injury. So I like Rashad White over sixty six and a half rushing yards today. By the way, um, also in that Chargers game. Justin Herbert, over 284.5 passing yards. Arizona's pass defense is just uh, anemic. Uh, you had Andy Dalton, Kirk Cousins, Geno Smith, and Jimmy Garoppolo who destroyed their secondary. And now you've got one of the best uh, in the business in Justin Herbert. I, I think he's going to have a field day. Also, Keenan Allen is back, but Mike Williams is still out. What does that mean? Uh, the Chargers play a lot of three wide receivers set. Love me, Josh Palmer over 58 and a half receiving yards. He ran routes on 97% of uh, Herbert's dropbacks last week. And like I said, in that three wide receiver set, uh, that, that's going to be huge. So just to, just to share with you a few of the prop bets out there that I like today. So there's all that. Um, any game out there that you're looking at, Kiwi, that you can't, you can't wait to watch today? Uh, let me pull up the schedule here. I mean, you know, it's uh, we had obviously the three games on on Turkey Day, so not not a not a a very lengthy slate. But I yeah. think that there's some I think that there's some good games here. Um, 
you know, like for example, you know, I don't, I don't want to dive into the, the Jets yet. I know we're going to do a deeper dive into that, especially when Mike Tannenbaum joins us on the show and we'll have our scores there. But like, I, I like the Commanders at home against the Falcons. Mm-hmm. I love the way that they've been playing with Heineke. Um, I like, I actually like the Jaguars at home against the Ravens. The Jaguars getting four. I think that's going to be a close game. That both these teams play have a lot of games that are that are very very close in points. I like the Jaguars getting four. Um, the Rams, by the way, uh, Bryce Perkins is expected to start. And also, just a heads up for all you fantasy football freaks out there, Allen Robinson not likely to play today against Kansas City. So Van Jefferson and Skoronic are going to be your lead wide receivers. I'm telling you, Kyron Williams. The running back, if you listen to our fantasy forecast show, I've been telling you for weeks to pick him up, stash him. He's utilizing the passing game. I, I think I think he blows up today. I think he gets at least uh, seven, eight targets. Um, I think I can see him putting up anywhere between 60 to 70 yards, total yards, and I can see him scoring a touchdown today against Kansas City. I think I think Kansas City goes up early. I think they put up a lot of points. And then I think it's just a lot of garbage time for this Rams offense. Yeah, I think I think you'll, you'll check in with the Kansas City game. Uh, definitely focus on the Eagles-Packers game. Um, I'll be interested in the, the Raiders-Seahawks and then uh, the Bucks-Browns game. I feel like that's another one you just, you know, pop in and out of. But, you know, we talked with, I talked with Jordan Renan earlier, and he was talking about this Atlanta Falcons team and what that could mean in terms of the NFC East and the, the playoff implications. So that's another one we'll look at. Um, uh, Bengals Titans, you know, looks like it could be looks like it could be a good one. So those are the ones on my list. Everything else, I'll pop in and out of. Also, some other news and notes out there: uh, Gus Edwards, um, Robinson, and Dervaney, um, all expected to play for the Ravens today. Like I said, Allen Robinson dealing with a foot, not likely to play against Kansas City. So if you were banking on a big game from uh, from Robinson because of no Cooper Cup, get on that waiver wire right now. Uh, make sure you adjust that. Chase Chase Young was expected to come back for Washington today, but he's dealing with an illness, so he's been downgraded to out against Atlanta. I still like Washington against Atlanta today. Um, Stafford, they're saying Matthew Stafford could be done for the year, done for the season. Why not shut him down? Like you know what? Like biggest? Can you? I mean, Kiwi, biggest fall from grace. You know, have you ever seen a Super Bowl team come out and have like such a? Yeah, but but it happens with a team that let's say is like calorie calorie salary cap strapped, and so they have to let let a lot of their free agents go. They don't have a good roster, mm-hmm. you know. Out, outside of Von Miller, and of course Odell Beckham Jr. having the the knee injury, I mean this team pretty much ran it back. Yeah, but but it's it's more than just you know assembling a group of guys. So right, so this was a an all or nothing team, right? Like like. F the, the draft picks, the whole thing, right? So it's like this is um, – it's it's more than that. When you're trying to build a dynasty that's going to have longevity, you have to bring in guys. You have to get them acclimated to the culture. You have to try to get them to, to buy in year after year so that you can have this, you know, this this sense during the off season that yeah even though we won or even though we went deep into the playoffs like we're coming back when you see those teams that do it back to back or do it year you know multiple years within a decade like they have a group of guys you know like when you're talking about just hey let's just assemble this team and let's go win a championship like that's your goal you accomplish your goal now it's time to relax it's a different mindset. I hear you now let's talk about the play of the week the pressure to follow up hypnotic and cognac weighing heavy on the team 
Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. New York Game Day with Mike Tannenbaum, Matthias Kiwanuka, and Anita Marks. It's time to welcome Jets beat reporter Rich Samini to the show. Rich, how you doing? Good morning, Kiwi. Uh, good talking to you. I uh, hope you had a great Thanksgiving. <laughs> likewise, likewise. Yeah, no, Thanksgiving was good. Hope yours was as well. Much to talk about in terms of the Jets and quarterback change specifically um let's just jump right into it what are your thoughts on the quarterback change and and what led up to this abrupt change well i thought it was a good move i thought uh you know i think a number of factors went into it obviously performance being number one zach was terrible last week against new england and quite frankly had been uh struggling throughout the year despite the team pulling out uh, wins in five out of his seven starts. But you could see the decline in his performance. And I thought, even though Robert Sala denied it publicly, that there's no doubt that what happened after last week's game with his, uh, you know, unfortunate comments in the press conference, I think it absolutely factored into it. I mean, uh, there's a lot of credibility at stake. Robert Sala has to stand in front of the entire team. And uh, the fact that Wilson did not show any accountability, I think, uh, clearly bothered the defensive players. I I had a player source tell me, I think it was Tuesday or Wednesday, I can't remember which day, that he thinks the entire defense wanted to kill Zach Wilson after Sunday's game. So uh, there were a lot of harsh feelings there. And one team official told me this week that he thinks Mike White will be able to galvanize the entire team. And I thought Mm -hmm. that was a very telling comment. Yeah, I mean, we we touched on it earlier today. It was the first thing that we led with 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 the entire show, um, in my opinion. And you know, you can correct me or tell me your your side. I think he left them no choice with his comments. I mean, you could talk about his play on the field and how abysmal it was. And they're, they're at this level, you're a professional, so it's okay for I believe for us to criticize, right, and to use harsh words, right? We're not attacking. We weren't attacking his person or his character or anything that has to do with his family or anything like that. But just his play on the field was bad enough. But do you think? that without those comments, they would have had to or they would have made this change? You know, that's a great question. There's always a choice, though. I mean, I'll be totally transparent. I think on Monday afternoon, after listening to Robert Sala, and, and that's the day that he opened the door to a possible change, I thought he'd, I thought he'd go with Wilson another week just on a short leash. Really? To see how he would re- yeah, I mean, I kind of thought I wasn't the only one. I think the consensus... Uh, among people who cover the team was that he'd give him one more chance. And, you know, it's such a 
massive decision to bench a former number two overall pick that I thought, you know, given the opponent coming up this week, Chicago's defense is struggling in a lot of areas. I thought it could be a get a get right game for Wilson, but uh, evidently, and I know Robert Sala at, at that point had already made up his mind. I mean, he didn't need till Wednesday to figure that out. He knew right away. And so, but I'm not going to stand on a table for a guy who <laughs> couldn't complete a pass last week. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, he, he missed some layups. I mean, just the, mm-hmm. the one over Barrios's head on the screen pass was just eye-opening. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I thought, like I said, I, I thought he might give him another chance. I can't argue with the decision given everything that's swirling around. And to answer your question, Kiwi, I, I don't know. I think he might have pulled the plug anyway. I mean, just last mm-hmm. week was so bad. And, I mean, when you, when you have 13 possessions and you, I think they stepped foot into the red zone once, barely mm-hmm. getting over the 20-yard line, that's mm-hmm. really, really bad. Yeah. No, I, and, I, and I, I, I understand how bad it has been discussed all week long on, you know, on all different media platforms how bad it was. Um, I just wonder, like, how would Robert have been able to address the team, you know, knowing that there was, you know, such – poor play at the quarterback position which is the figurehead which there does come a lot of responsibility so uh, we get it right because you can you can hide uh you know a guard for a little bit longer if he's playing poorly but you cannot hide a quarterback's play so I also understand that there's a lot of attention that gets that gets paid to that position but how would how would Robert have been able to sell this you said that you're you're really close to the team you said there are guys who really were were about to try to kill him how was he going to sell this to that team if he were to leave him out there for another week. Yeah, it would have been tough, but I think Robert Robert Sala is a great salesman, honestly. I mean, I think communication skills are his strength, and it it would have been a tough sell, Mm -hmm. but, uh, you know, I thought he could have tried to do it. I mean, they they are 5-2 and with Wilson. Now I'm just playing devil's advocate here for a second. I mean, they Mm -hmm. are 5-2 and with Wilson, and uh, the only two teams that seem to – confuse him uh, in New England. Both losses against New England were just really, really bad performances by Wilson. Um, so there's always a choice in the matter. But I, like I said, I applaud it. It's a bold decision. Uh-huh. There's some risk involved. I mean, uh-huh. let's face it, Mike White is somewhat of an unknown. This was only his fourth career start. Uh-huh. He played awesome in the, in the Cincinnati game last year, but there was the Buffalo game that people tend to forget where he threw four interceptions. He was a third-string quarterback up until only five weeks ago, so there is some risk involved in this decision. But like I said earlier, I think the hope from within the organization is that he can galvanize the entire team. He's a very popular guy in the locker room. I think he's got a really good chemistry with players on both sides of the ball. I think they'll rally around him. Uh, he And I thought this comment was very telling the other day from Mike White. He said he's, he's not going to go out and try to play hero ball, and of course, that's the phrase that many of us have been using to describe what Zach Wilson has been playing for the better part of two years. So I thought that mm-hmm. was an interesting choice of words by Mike White, mm-hmm. uh, yet appropriate. And so mm-hmm. he's going to operate this offense the way it's designed to be. I mean, it's going to be a lot of quick releases, short passes, gets the ball, spreads it around. You know, I don't think he'll be relying on one guy, as, as Zach Wilson often did. I think, I think you'll see Elijah Moore actually be part Mm -hmm. of the offense. Mm -hmm. So I I think it's going to be a very, very interesting game. And like I said earlier, I think this is a good defense for a quarterback to play against. I think they're a zone-based scheme, so there should be some easy completions out there, and you'll see a lot of checkdowns, a lot of throws to the running backs. 
from Mike White today. Okay. What are your expectations for this team moving forward? Do you, two things. One, uh, wins, losses. Two, do you think this is the last time that we've seen uh, Zach Wilson suit up as a starter, or is this legitimately just a chance for him to take a reset? I think Zach Wilson will be back this year, and partly I'm basing that on the fact that the Jets, when it comes to quarterbacks, and you know this and the fans know this, there's always the unexpected comes out. I mean, just when you think they're doing something happens. I mean, we've seen it time and time again. I mean, heck, they had a quarterback with mono a few years ago. So with the Mm -hmm. Jets, it's so unpredictable with their quarterbacks that you have to believe that in some way, shape, or form, Zach Wilson will be back at, at a quarterback this year. Personally, I think the only way that happens, barring injury, is if they fall out of the playoff race. Because if Mike White wins enough games to keep the Jets in the playoff race, why on earth would you take him out? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that you talk about team mutiny. There would be a team mutiny if they took out White if he's winning. So mm-hmm. if the Jets lost like two of their next three games and kind of slipped out of it, I certainly could see Zach Wilson back in the lineup. You know, one of the questions here that people aren't really talking about too much is the Jets really have to get a, a, a really a good read on Zach Wilson. Now, maybe they already have it. I mean, chances are they do, but I think they'd like to see him one more time for a few games, a couple of games, just to form an off-season evaluation. Because Kiwi, they are going to have to make a massive quarterback decision this off-season. Mm-hmm. By, by benching him now, it tells us, that they are willing to live in a world where Zach Wilson is not part of it. And so they're going to have to make a huge decision. Do they commit to him again next year, or do they go out and try to find a veteran to come in? And I think they'd like to get another look at him before they make that decision. Okay. Moving on to the other side of the ball, you're talking about you know a, a bottom five offense paired with a, a potentially top five, at least statistically top 10 defense, how have they been able to pull this off? I've played on, on defense, not, you know, with a bottom five offense, but, you know, in times when an, when an offense is struggling, right, and you're asked to do things that most people don't even understand, which is when your offense goes three and out, three and out, or throws an interception, you're gassed running back onto the field. Somehow these guys find a way to perform. They find a way to get pressure and sacks without, you know, having to blitz, like, Take me through it. Like, what what are the positive things that are going on on that defensive side that um, have allowed them to be in this situation in the first place? Yeah, I mean, here's an amazing stat. They the the defense has allowed only five touchdowns in the last five games. I mean, that's. I mean, think about that for a second. Last year, I think there were probably a couple of games where they allowed five touchdowns in one game, mm-hmm. and they've done it only. Uh, you know, it's amazing. One touchdown a game. They're, uh, they've gone three straight games with at least five sacks. That is something that uh, they've never I, they've never done that in the Super Bowl era, the, De- mm-hmm. the Jets, even counting the New York Sack Exchange back in the early 80s. So mm-hmm. this is a really good front four. It's actually a front ten because mm-hmm. they, they rotate. I mean, they play ten guys, which is unusual. It's unconventional. And they rotate them. And all these guys, it's not only the front, the starting four, it's the backups. And sometimes the backups to the backups who are getting sacked. Mm-hmm. So it's a front 10. It's two really good corners and Gardner and Reed. They've, they've completely transformed the secondary. And they're getting excellent linebacker play from Mosley and Quincy Williams. And mm-hmm. so that's the reason. They're, they're a really good defense. You mentioned it a couple of times during the show today. They don't have to blitz. 
mm-hmm. and that's the scary thing. They can get home with four, and that is just such a huge uh, bonus to the defense. To be able to drop seven mm-hmm. instead of a six or five, it just makes such a difference on defense, and it helps out the corners. You know, It helps out the safeties. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, they've played outstanding defense. It's one of the biggest turnarounds, one-year turnarounds from one year to the next. Yes. Statistically, yeah. in, in, in the last 20, 25 years. Yeah, yeah. And that, that's the part that's disappointing for me as a former defensive player, right? You know, you always have a defensive mindset. Had they been paired with an offense that was just, you know, middle of the pack or just marginal i feel as though we would be celebrating those guys who were at this point we were so focused on the offense and and what they're not doing that we don't actually focus on those second and sometimes third string players who are coming in and contributing but you know all 31 other teams are are watching them you know and there's going to be opportunities for them moving forward what is the likelihood that this defense is going to stay intact you know after this year you know like are, are, are is this a a, a situation where they're building for the future and they're going to be able to keep this group intact or is this is this team going to be picked apart? No, actually, you know, most of their key guys on defense are under contract. So, uh, I mean, this defense has a bright future. I mean, Gardner, of course, a rookie. DJ Reed's under contract. The one, you know, Quinton Williams still under contract, although I, I totally believe they'll try to extend him in the offseason. And, uh, you know, Lawson under contract, JFM under contract. The one thing that is key that they're going to have to work on is T.J. Mosley. He is under contract, but his cap number next year is prohibitive. It's 21 point something next year. And clearly they're not going to be able to keep him on the team at that number. So that will require a renegotiation uh, for C.J. Mosley, who's having having another good year. I mean, C.J. Mosley. Maybe he doesn't get the publicity of a, a Gardner or, or Quinton Williams, but C.J. Mosley is the glue on defense. And so they're going to have to redo that. But in terms of some of the other guys on defense, Kiwi, these guys are, these guys are locked up for years. So this, right. this could be a, a really good defense for years to come. Well, I like it. Hopefully we're talking more about the defense and the positive things that they're doing. We're up against the clock, so we're going to have to cut it short. Rich, as always, um, I appreciate you coming on and, and sharing your insight into the Jets. Um, you know, Let them know you have your, your podcast, Flight Deck, uh, which airs wherever you get your podcast. So thank you, as always, for coming on. Enjoy your, your holidays and all your leftovers. Thanks, Key. We enjoy the games today. Take care. New York Game Day with Mike Tannenbaum, Matthias Kiwanuka, and Anita Marks.